Yes. Exactly. And on that note, welcome back to another episode of Controllers and Comfortable Couches, also known as Couches. I was going to say comfortable chairs, but they're couches, which are comfortable chairs. Mm -hmm. Yes, we need bigger chairs. So, uh, yes, welcome back to the 30th episode. Yay, congratulations. Thank you for watching. Um, I am the second part of this double co-host. <laughs> I am the Full Metal Chicken. I'm stiff. Yes, she is the sane one. I am in the insane one. Yes. I think it varies day to day, to be honest. Yes. Today is, uh, you know, one of those days where everything is just backwards. I think it's one of those months yeah. where everything is backwards, but we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, so, any life updates? Started back in the lab Sweet. yesterday. Um, just figuring stuff out. Addressing reviewers' comments, yeah. planning, um, and just doing some verification behind the scenes kind of stuff, I guess. Yep. Um, I've destroyed my sleeping schedule. Yeah, sick bunny rabbit. I've had, I don't even think it's just been that, I think just this last week, especially the last two days, I've had less than five hours sleep between Sunday night and Monday night. Yep. And I think looking at me, you can tell. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, you know. I'm productive. I'm not entirely focused. It takes, like, I'm not all pistons, cylinders firing, but I'm getting stuff done. Yep. Which is the main thing. So Just running on low power. Yep. How are you? What's new? Uh, let's see. Um, cleaned a phone. Oh, um, please tell us this saga. Yeah, so the, I won't Without say the, the lint bunnies in your pocket. Yeah, I won't. I won't say where I went to get my phone fixed. Well, you have an for, Apple phone, so yeah. So obviously, but I won't say which place I went to. But anyways, I went into this place. It's called the Apple Store. Apple Store. I went into a Apple Store to get my. As we triangulate your position. Yes, that my phone, you know, was playing up and stuff and not charging. So, me walking into the building, I suddenly felt very out of place because me being a nerd walked in all kind of nerd-like and I think you mean country bumpkin nerd-like um, legit I think they must have thought that I walked Boonies. in must have parked my tractor and then was looking for a lost sheep like just I was definitely you know needle in a haystack kind of stuff just walked in and then said my name and everything and they're like wow that's pretty easy to remember you know remember oh you know so that you know oh yeah you'll be right sitting by those boxes you, you used to be sitting on boxes and it's like oh. i swear i heard banjo music i'm like oh ding, 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 ding. exactly so um then you know as the whole event unfolded the guy sitting opposite me realized that i was not You're a genius yeah he, 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 he realized my science and then he realized my tech and realized i was not in fact you know postman pat or farmer jones you know but I, the question is do you have a black and white cat no i don't have a black and white cat no 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 black and white cats um so yeah that was weird that was um like you know a so pocket full of the, fluff what was the diagnosis and pocket full of fluff. prognosis pocket full of fluff <laughs> Yeah. So, so in English, he has so much fluff in his pocket that he clotted. His let's just say port. I had so much lint in my you phone, could I could have literally had a siege party. Literally, you know, I could have just done. 
I couldn't help myself. Anyways, Michael. yeah, they said, you know, you can either buy like a, a port um, little thing. No, to you in. asked them if it existed. Yeah, and they didn't. And they said, no, no we it don't didn't have exist. that. No. And then I said, actually, I'm pretty sure it's real. Yeah. So I ordered some. Yeah, and so. coming. Went and had a look and, um, you, you know. You didn't have a look. I had a okay, look. Okay, yeah, that's correct. You, you went and had a look. And, um, you know, we wanted to see if we could actually get the science to work. Science we work. We keep you updated. Yeah, so um, it's interesting to see just how many other people wandering around. Oh, here, learn how to hack your phone. Why no, not? thank you. No, thanks. Why not throw it? So. That's it for you today? Uh, apart sorry. from that, um, I also got a new router. We have a new router. Because yes. uh, the router kind of was on its last legs. Eight years, you know, did Big a good world. job. It's just the latency was high. Then I realized even with the new one, it's... We're not going to tell you what one we upgraded to. Yeah. For safety reasons yeah so we've but got, let's just say it's a good if one. we did anything else we'd have a server in our house yeah pretty much it's server grade um so yeah there's you know we've ramped up it's our good it's good we've ramped up our security a whole lot no one in our street is getting you know that's not like a challenge or anything that's just saying you know we've we've locked our house down fingers crossed yeah so not that we do anything on the premises that warrants needing a lockdown, but you'd like to feel safe and secure when you're on the internet. VPNs aren't always the shit. No. No. So, um, essentially... And Centacom did it... Oh, the whole story of getting it, though, like, you had one specific in mind, and yeah. then the smart thing to do is to go to Officeworks. So we went to Officeworks, and there was this cool guy. What is his name? Adam or Jake? Or John. It was Jake. And, and he was there and he was nice. He had a chat. And he was yeah. like, hey, if you you know, if you need my advice, let me know, blah, blah, blah. He was also really impressed about the lifespan of the last yeah. one. And as soon as we started yeah. talking well, to Tech, he, we he was like, idiots. he had the exact same one as me. Um, so. And then, so we went to the counter because they didn't stock the one we were after. And then, so I went to the counter and I spoke to the lovely lady there and I said... Hi, sorry if this is a stupid question. Can a customer just walk in off the street and order, special order a product that you don't stock in your catalogue online or in store? And then she goes, yeah, we can do that. And then she, I obviously had the product on my phone and she types some letters into her keyboard and she's like, oh no, I can't do this because we don't have this product. And it's like... To which I was uh... in my head going, you don't say, but okay. Yep. And then I figured, all right, let's just... In Australia, if you're not from Australia, you don't go to Harvey Norman. No. Because they're overpriced. They don't know what they're talking about. And they're very rough Yeah. with their stuff. It just gets tossed around. And they're very notorious for having showroom stock, which is fine if it's in working order. What they do is they get showroom stock and they brand it and sell it at a marked up price as if it wasn't and... They just have a lot of issues and their warranty is not so good, even though people pay twice as much for the warranty at other places. So just for shits and giggles and to cover the basis, um, I went. we went in there and the guy thought I was there to rob the joint. Yeah, that was funny. And then when I said what I was after, he goes, oh, I'll have a look. And then he was absolutely dismayed and didn't pester us again. And then I had a look online and Centacom had it. And we went to Centercom, and they were like, we don't actually have it right now, but, you know, and they've gone, well, can you order it if I ask nicely? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I can do that. 
And what turned out to be, oh, it could be three to four days. He was dead on three days, weekend included. Exactly on three days. So, yeah, you know, brilliant customer service. Nice dude. Nice dude. Setting up was slightly stressful. But everything, no drums. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a good experience. Back up and running. Yep. So now we just got to... Wait for the... Yeah. In quotation marks, new internet. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be fun. Have you gamed? Um, I played some tanks for like a minute, then I had an update on my laptop. And then... Oh, was it any better with the updated ping? A little bit, yeah. Um, for anyone wondering, we went from 115 millisecond to 15, what? 16. But the averaging out was about 350 mil. Before, yeah, so before this one, so it was, um, yeah, good bet. Uh, apparently, it's double XP this weekend. Yeah, did you play? No, ah, for Modern Warfare, that's the one. Uh, I mean, I dabbled in a few games, but the lag, the lag was killing me, so not today. Uh, yeah. quizzy quiz, quizzy quiz, quizzy, um, you showed me that show collectibles. Yes. Has a Baby Yoda collectible, right? Yes. And literally 10 minutes after you showed me that, I found this quiz when I was looking for our quiz for the week. You can find it in our link. Uh, sorry, in our show. Uh, I want to say that I'm very tired. It's If I sound off, it's not that I don't want to be recording this podcast. I'm sorry. I'm really excited every week to f- research, record, and edit this. So if I sound extra... Uh, Un, un, non-understandable and can't communicate. Can't I promise you I got a H1 on my thesis. I am very good at English and the written word and the spoken word. It's just So I apologise if I have an off day. Yes. Please forgive me. I am not, not interested. But anyway, <laughs> it's in the show episode notes. Yes. Show notes. This quiz will reveal what percent Baby Yoda you truly are. Yes, so first you must choose a Star Wars movie, and the list is The Last Jedi, uh, The Force Awakens, uh, Return of the Jedi, The Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, Revenge of the Sith. Um, so, for me personally, it's Empire Strikes Back. For me personally, Revenge of the Smithy is the one where Anakin dies and becomes the Vader boy. Yeah, it gets turned into Darth Vader boy. Done. And a can crybaby becomes Darth Vader. So pick a colour for your lightsaber. Yes, so you get to go... Red, blue, green, purple, black or yellow. Black, yellow, purpley, blue, green, I'm going black. Well, let's see. What happens? What causes the... What are them crystals called? No, Kyber crystals. I was going to say Ethereum. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what cause? I know you have to force them when you're a Sith. Yeah. To make them red. So what makes them black? Um, Oh, yeah. Because the black saber, that was the one where... Oh, that's a spoiler alert. But um, essentially, it's just a little bit shorter than the other ones. Um, But it's an ancient black-bladed... I'm going for... I already chose black, so it's not like I'm cheating. I don't know much about that one. That's fine. Your turn. Okay, so I'm going for... See, that's a thing, though. Like, I know for a fact that if I pick the black one, it's going to just go Baby Yoda because that was the saber in the actual... Oh, was it? I don't even remember. Yeah. I chose it because I haven't seen any 
black ones. Yeah. And red is my favourite colour, colour, but I don't want to be stereotypical Sithy because yeah. I'm a rebel at heart. Cha-ching. Yeah. So I'm going to just go... I like the, the purple one because that was Mace Windu's. Oh, hello, um, Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. Now pick an iconic Star Wars food. Roasted pork, collard clawfish, portion bread, the floating Naboo fruit, Malorian fruit, deep fried noodle eggs. Everything there sounds terrifying, but I'm going to go for portion bread. Portion bread. I'm going to go roasted pork. Just because pork. Um, would you rather be a Sith or a Jedi? Wow, that was, you know... Wow. Jedi, right? They're yeah. here to save the day. They're here to restore balance to the universe. True, so I'm going a Sith. <laughs> and then choose your, <laughs> choose your favourite character. You get to choose Darth Vader, Han Solo, Yoda, Rey, Kylo, Wen, and Luke Skywalker. i got to say, just for me, I'm going probably... Let me guess, Han. Vader. I was being sarcastic, yeah. could you not tell? <sighs> Your turn. See, I get the whole original trilogy, but I didn't grow up with those ones. Yeah. I'm not going for Ray. I kind of want to go for Kylo, but I think it has to be Darthy. Yeah. Done. And then um, pick an animal from Star Wars. So you have a Porg, a Bantha, Lothcat, or a Tauntaun. Porgy. I'm going to go a Tauntaun. Good for you. Woo! And then, and finally, do you prefer the child or Yoda? And you have the child or Yoda. I said the child. The child. It's so damn hard to choose because Yoda is a badass. I'm going Yoda. Okay. Hit me with it. Oh, jeez. I got slammed. What do you do? Uh, 25%. You might have one thing in common with baby Yoda, but that's about it. Oh, go for it. Zero percent. What? Oh no. Better luck next time. Oh jeez. Devo. Yeah. See, like I reckon, I could do it again and get one hundred percent. You're not fudging the data here. <laughs> <sighs> Moving on to movie reviews. Yes. We saw one yesterday. Yes, we did. We saw. Drum roll, please. We saw the grudge. Whoop whoop. Whoop whoop. The grudge. Whoop, whoop. So, as I can tell from the movie, uh, someone. Rate it out of 10 quickly. Rate it out of 10. I'd probably give it like a 7.5, 8. I'm going to give it an 8. It was, uh, yeah. We ain't going to do spoilers, but let me justify myself, alright? Yeah. <sighs> Long story. It's short. not just jump scary. No. There's a story behind it, it's told in a non linear fashion. Yep. And there's a lot of um, spooky shit that happens on screen that you really got to search for, like Easter eggs and stuff. Yeah. And I love movies like that where it's not just shit your pants because it jumps out in your face. And yep. you really got to think about it. I'm not saying in some parts it wasn't predictable. Like, when you're watching the movie, you don't know what the end game was. Yeah. But as stuff starts happening, you kind of go, oh, that's uncomfortable. I'm going to guess what is going to happen. And even though in some parts that may be predictable, to me it was still really good and enjoyable. I'm not saying it's the best horror movie of all time. It's not the best reboot spin-off of all time. But I did really enjoy it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's that whole sort of, you know, in someone, if someone dies in the grip of extreme rage or sorrow or something, they get stuck. Um, and so essentially... 
the the supernatural force is you know inhabits you know someone or something and you know the first one came out in 2004 way before my time way before that. I, I think if 2004 how old was I in 2004 I don't even remember if 2004 Steph watched that movie 2004 Steph would have shat her pants and her colon at the same time did you know at one point it had the highest grossing opening weekend in history yeah, for a horror remake yeah. I would believe that how many grudge movies are there before that, this one. Oh, that is... I think... Because this one is a... It's like a spin-off, but it's also tied to the main storyline, from what I can tell. But again, I haven't watched the other ones. Yeah. I saw the trailer... I remember the trailer distinctly. Yep. Because it would play on the VHSs, I think, or DVDs, or whatever the hell. Um, but yeah. Yeah, because um, essentially it was... The, the original one was The Ring. And then The Ring went on to uh on the grudge so so there are three grudge movies the grudge the grudge 2 the grudge 3 and now this thing yeah and i had sam remy working on it too and they had the guy from the nun which you pointed out yeah that was fun we really liked the nun yeah so um that was that that's it for me yeah so we saw that and then I'll... we again saw the trailer for invisible man which comes out this thursday Yep. Uh, again, probably going to be a shit in my pants. It sounds like one of those movies that plays loud noises at the same time as the jump scare. Yeah. And so we were watching this week's movie and I was like borderline. Because it weren't loud noises per no. se. It was there or it wasn't or it was just off screen or it wasn't. Exactly. Um, so I don't know how I'm going to go with that one. There's just nothing to you know, further gauge on but I think... Seeing everyone else in the movie, no one was stuffing around with their phones or anything. They were all just... But did you feel kind of like it was boring? Like, not boring, but it took dragged? It did drag. Like, I feel like three quarters of the way through, during that lapse phase, and you know which part I'm talking about, where they jump back and forth between the timelines, and you're like, God, how many other characters they're going to introduce? Yep. Um, can you just start wrapping it up? I was kind of a bit like, guys, tick tock, tick tock. Yeah, it's getting dark. Um, yeah, and that part did lag. But... And then I had to be home alone by myself. Yeah, after the movie, so. Ooh. Yeah, much scares. So, no, apart from that, it was good. Good movie. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it goes from here. But there was a few people that were talking afterwards saying, oh, you know. Let's go watch uh, Paranormal Activity and all that sort of stuff. So I'm like, oh, yeah, good luck. You know. Not today. No. So, um, yeah, I think and the next one I was thinking about going and seeing was maybe uh, 1917. Um, just for some um, long pan, single pan um, bore shots. They said that um, Dunkirk was just really boring. They said it was boring because it's cinema... Gra- cinema- right yeah. you know how the the remnant isn't dialogue yeah it's they're Im- embedding you immersing you in the environment that's what that is just impact factor and like when you see those movies as someone who is a military genre fan um i some movies i can stomach yeah and some shit 
scares me more than what we watched. Yeah. Watching The Grudge. Like Saving Private Ryan, for instance. I never watched that one. That one is about as close as, you know, actual... Well, this one they actually show the guy in shell shock when he's on the poster. Yeah. That's him. And that's what it's supposed to be, I think, and it's supposed to depict. Is Am I correct in yeah. saying that? And they go through that and I just... I think that that period of time, the people that went there and the people that came back, we can't understand it. And to me, that's scarier Yeah. than dumb shit. Yep. Absolutely. I don't know. But it's more just, you know, that it, what may have happened back then or what happened back then was a lot. That was horror. That you didn't know whether. Well, you... that's what I'm saying to you. Like we walked past the poster yesterday, and you brought up going to see it, and I said I don't think I can stomach it. Yeah. Because it's it's real. Yeah. It's not bullshit. And at the end of the day, what do I have to complain about in my life? You know, oh, my water's too warm. Yeah. My bed, you know, I my cat didn't love me enough today. Yeah, I didn't oh, get a, a snow cone. Yeah, you know, oh. I forgot my phone charger or my battery for my phone is only on 90%. Like, what have I got to complain about? And it puts things into perspective and obviously you need that in life. Yeah, so... But, I don't know. I just... The whole depiction of... But then I say that and I can watch stuff like Generation Kill because that's more... It has the light-hearted, more modern, real moments to it as opposed to you're out there shooting at shit you cannot see. Yeah. And not to say that today's military couldn't die in a split second, but I think that was a different kind of warfare. Yeah, it's, you know... But it's an action-filled movie. That's the thing. It's action-filled with the suspense. And going and seeing The Grudge is a different kind of suspense. It's sort of like throwing in supernatural film noir. Listen, you're watching a woman... In a house being haunted yeah. and having flashbacks oh, and look at carrots to a man who is running towards the camera, literally having a nervous breakdown, yeah. doesn't know where he is, what's going on, and that happened to someone in real life. Yeah. Many someones in real life. Absolutely. So I can sit here and talk shit. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the difference between supernatural horror and wartime horror movies. So, yeah. Woo. Uh, let's get into the weekly news wrap-up. Uh, number one, there's a ton of shit happening now. It's spread to Canberra. Uh, we just want to plug again. Obviously, we're almost halfway through summer, but we're going to keep talking about this as long as the fires are burning. Yep. Uh, and that's the register fine to reunite. Red Cross, so um, if you're leaving a fire area, when you have a reception or you find yourself able, please register. Um, You will be able to log what fire region you've come from, the event state, location, the date, um, and then once you've registered, your family can find you and make sure that you've safely, um, I guess, evacuated and that sort of thing. Um, obviously, in saying that, it's really stupid because when the fire's bloody burning, um, the reception will be down. Oh, yeah. You may not have access to that sort of stuff, but um, I feel like everyone's kind of plugging the donation funds, and I feel like less people are talking about this. 
So that's kind of what I wanted to push. Yep. Um, and then we have two kind of stories at the moment. The first one is some, I want to say arsehole, um, who drunk drove and mowed down four kids, three siblings and their cousin. Yep. And essentially annihilated half a family. Which is And apparently he's, before this event, was a good guy. And he just had a dickhead moment where he decided, nah, I'm safe to drive in those four times over the limit. Yeah. I'm five minutes away from home. Apparently he mounted the curb and... Gone. Like they were... um, And that's it. So... That's really shit. And... What pissed me off more is we were driving. Like I was getting to uni, and on the radio they had I want I think it was Fifi, wasn't it? Yeah. And they were covering the story where the fucking radio station that was, and then so she's pretending to cry, and they get her an ad break, and then they come back, and one minute later she's all happy. Yeah. Like nothing. Laughing and joking. It's like and complete dissociation from it. It's just that was weird. And then, um, we have the latest true crime family blow-up that's happening right now, which we're not going to cover until more detail comes through, and we actually know what we're talking about, but this is the mother who got remarried to that guy in Hawaii, who's uh, from a Mormon cult, and she was supposed to, remember the woman who was supposed to hand over her kids and say where they were, because they've disappeared since September and no one's seen them? And she's been able to evade um, pretty much FBI and everyone. And she was told, look, you have until, I want to say it was Thursday, to come forward. Yep. And because she was just talking shit and just saying as little as possible to get him, keep him off the, her back. Um, and then people from Ohio, I think it was, went, or Idaho, I, can't, I think it was either or the other, please excuse me, uh, went to Hawaii to say, look, help us find your children do you have anything to say and she's just smiling and happy yeah like nothing's amiss um a lot of people are saying the top theories right now that they were sold into child slavery sex trafficking or that they were murdered because uh between the two of them this guy that she married he killed his ex-wife a couple months before they got together and her this woman uh so they, his, the wife, the guy she just married, his wife died. Yeah. On her, when she passed away, he didn't, um, he denied a request for an autopsy. That's weird. So now they've exhumed her because they want to see if she's poisoned. Yeah. Right? Now this weird woman, I want to say bitch, um, she had... A husband before this guy. Yeah. Um, and her brother shot him. Far out. And I listened to the tape of him calling. It was in self-defense. Right. right. And I listened to the audio tape of him calling emergency services. And he's cool and calm. Yeah. And so all I'm saying is something doesn't seem right. And regardless of what has happened in the past... Right now we have not that I'm saying people dying is okay, but between the three between the two of them, three spouses have died. Yeah. Two or three spouses have died. I'm pretty sure 
it's three, but just in case. Yeah. And now two kids are missing. And it's not like if she doesn't want the kids, she's going to have to force, be forced to keep the kids because the grandparents are more than happy to take them in. They just want to know that the kids are okay. They're happy to do whatever. Yeah. So um, we're following those stories, I guess. Yes, seeing how they go. Alrighty. Are we ready to get into today's topic? Yeah, let's, let's crank it. Today may be a little bit shorter, but nevertheless, we're going to give it as much love as we've given the others. And today's topic is Muesli. Oh, far out. We're continuing with the Seven Ancient Wonders series, and we're talking about the mausoleum. Yes. At Harley Carassus. Yes. Mausoleum time. Yay! Um, so, after this, we only have two left. Yep. So, whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Um, so, basically, to put this structure in perspective before we get started, with all the other ones, all the other ancient wonders that we've covered thus far. The mausoleum was built 84 years after the statue of Zeus at Olympia, 199 years after the Temple of Artemis, 249 years after the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, and 2,233 years after the Great Pyramid of Giza. Yep. So, um, there's a lot of back and forth, but uh, it will make sense as I go through. So, um... So this mausoleum, this monument, was built between 553 and 350 BC to house a prince of the Persian Empire and his wife. Jeez. So it stood at a height of 145 feet, which is 45 meters. Um, and again, I know we've said this for every other ancient wonder we've covered yep. thus far, but can we just please be reminded of how huge that monument must have been for the time huge so another thing that i found really interesting is that the word mausoleum came from the the guy who's i don't want to use the word stored but who was placed in this monument his name was mausoleus um and he was the prince that the mausoleum of harley Carnassus was built for yeah so this ancient wonder is a above ground tomb um, so basically, you know how the Taj Mahal was built for the Empress by her loving husband? Yep. This Muslim structure was commissioned by Mausoleus' uh, sister wife. Yep, yep. <laughs> I don't think you got it. His sister wife. Yeah. But I guess, again, that was normal for the time. Yes. Uh, who was his wife and sister, Artemis II. Uh, apparently, she joined him two years uh, after he had passed away. Some would say of a broken heart, and she just wanted to make sure her husband's final resting place was completed before she joined him. Yeah. So she wanted no expense spared for her brother-husband's final resting place. So uh, she sent messengers far and wide around the known world at the time to source the best building materials um, each sculptor or builder wanted, and obviously to search the sculptors and builders themselves. And each sculptor or builder was given a team of workers to complete what they needed because there was no expense spared um and because there were so many sculptors that came from all areas around the known world at the time apparently this was very much reflected in the monument because it had many art styles when it was completed yeah. so um they said that it was heavily influenced by egyptian greek and Ly uh, lycian culture 
Uh, so Lysin is the Persian area for the time, yep. in case anyone doesn't know. So it was composed or, uh, mostly of marble, and we've spoken about how in the past, like we've in the past, spoken about how this is a very heavy stone. You know, so ooh, there's yep. another obstacle for them to overcome. And so apparently the blocks of marble themselves came from the island of Marmara, which is a small island between the Strait of Dardanelles uh, and that of Bosphorus. And the transport of the marble blocks had to be particularly complex because the techniques of transporting these heavy loads, um, we don't know what they did for the time. A lot of people think they just shoved them on a ship and, you know, they do the rolling, like, um, on logs yep. and just roll it and uh, as one stick at the back becomes free, you move it to the front. That's what they believe, but there's no confirmation, I guess you could say. Uh, and they also use green adesite, which is a volcanic rock. Mm-hmm. So we know that the mausoleum of Halicarnassus appears in the 4th century BC in the town of, you guessed it, Halicarnassus, which uh, for the time was dead smack in the middle um, of the kingdom of Caria. And this kingdom was a province of the Persian Empire. But it was so far from the capital that it governed almost autonomously. So even though he has the title of prince, he might as well have just been a king or an emperor. Yeah. It was created a very um, long before the 15th century BC. Um, it's found. It was found in 392 under the um, government of Hector Hector Menos, who received it from the Persian emperor uh, Artaxerxes II. The authority was transferred to his son, Morsol, in 377, and he took the destiny of his province in hand before joining, and towards 365, the other provinces that had revolted against the Persian Persian Emperor. And then 360, Kari had returned to Persia, but Morsol had sufficiently played an intermediary role that not only was he not threatened, but he was even rewarded by the expansion Wow. of the territory so they kind of respected him enough to kind of let him do his thing but that's um, a good business kind of uh, deal there yeah you think so right oh yeah and they kind of when you think about it Persia's very close to Greece which is very smack bang in the middle of the known world at the time so you've got a lot of trade a lot of ports yep. merchants so you're very um, rich in that sense I guess you could say very, very rich. So, this guy Mozol, he decided that he was going to move the capital from Mylasa to Halicarnassus, somewhere between 370 and 365 BC. And when he did this, he built, he built tons of ramparts and monuments. Um, and he even built one of the first known major theatres for the time there. So, they were very cultured. He ended up marrying his sister Artemis II um, because that was authorised tradition. Um, and that's kind of the thing, like, you want to keep your bloodline as pure as possible. Obviously, today, you kind of go, that's sick. Yeah. But don't forget, these people were reviewed as close to heaven and gods, yeah. as you could actually get. And also, too, just in case what some people may be wondering is, a rampart is just, you know, essentially a fortification structure on top of a wall or something. Yep, yep. Thank you, you, thank you, thank you. 
So, um, he ended up passing away in 353 BC. And that's when the mausoleum pretty much starts entering history. Apparently the building, the monument itself, was made up by temp tapered layers. So the largest layers at the bottom and then you kind of go sink, cinch in a little bit. And then the next layer goes in a little bit more and is a bit narrower and so on and so forth. So the lower half of the structure formed a relief that was designed by the Greek sculptors. Therefore it depicted and very heavily involved Greek mythology. Yep. Uh, there were 36 intricately carved columns that surrounded the building and they needed to be as large as possible be possible because from what I can imagine uh, they needed to hold up the rest of the structure and we're talking like we said majoritively composed of marble so yeah. that's going to be very very heavy and so that was created by the license license sorry and the roof was influenced by the Egyptians who decided to make it pyramidal. <laughs> I can't imagine why. And the pyramid itself had 24 levels and tapered bits of its own. Jeez. Um, so it's believed that the monument was destroyed sometime between the 12th and 15th centuries AD due to an earthquake like almost every other um, structure. Jeez. So more specifically... Um, when I read from Encyclopedia Britannica, uh, they pretty much said that um, it's essentially was built on what is known, now known as the west coast of modern-day Turkey. Um, and then, so the building was designed by the Greek architects Pythias uh, and Satyros, and the sculptors that adorned it were the work of four leading Greek artists at the time, Scopus, Bryaxis, Leochores, and Timiothus, and each of them were responsible for a single facing side yeah. of it. And um, according to this, a description by a Roman author who's uh, very famous for the time, Pliny the Elder, who was active between 23 and 79 CE, the monument was almost square with a total periphery of 411 feet, which is today 125 metres. It was bounded by 36 columns. And the top formed a 24-step pyramid surmounted by a four-horse marble chariot. Fragments of the um, mausoleum structure are actually preserved in the British Museum. And it includes a frieze of um, the Greeks battling the Amazons. Mm. And a uh, 10-foot or 3-metre-high statue, possibly of Mausolus of himself, pretty much. And that would make sense because it's his resting place. Yeah. The mausoleum was probably destroyed, as I said, by an earthquake. Um, so what they believe is that those stones were collected and used for local buildings after it was destroyed, obviously. Imagine that, like, oh, we just finished building this structure here, no, no, I'm still this. Yeah. That looked good in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah, no drama. <laughs> this, this block specifically. <laughs> I want that one. So my next question was I wanted to look into who designed the monument itself and it said that it had taken its inspiration from the early 4th century BC Nered monument of Lysen Xanthos um, but it wanted to be on a much grander scale so the Greek architects were invited over by Artemis from Greece to design the overall shape of the mausoleum and then they had the structure the sculptors who were in charge of 
decorating the monument. And apparently she wanted everything, like the best of the best. Yeah. Um, and no shortcuts were to be taken. She was very hands-on with the project and all it encompassed. Um, and so she was there to get stuff done. Big time. And apparently, just because there were that many sculptors, and you think, wow, that's a lot of people. There's you know a lot of builders from all around the world. How many people, hundreds of people worked for each head of the project, if that makes sense. Like for each famous sculptor, for each builder. They had teams of hundreds of people and craftsmen and that all together tied the monument. Um, And apparently she wanted, like, not only was she going to pack a punch about how beautiful this thing was, how much culture it was going to bring to the area and also as majestic as she possibly could for her husband. She wanted to make sure it was as visible as she could make it. So she was like, you know what? Those heavy rocks, we're going to haul them up to the top of that hill. Uh, that's not a, that's <laughs> not a fun thing to do. So, because uh, she wanted maximum visibility. So they decided to start with the stone platform first and then they enclosed a courtyard and then from there they said, hey, maybe we should start thinking about building a flight of stairs. And then the sculptors were like, you know it will look dank across the stairs? Let's throw in some lines. Yeah. Because nothing says nobility like, like lines. lines. Yeah. And then put wings on them. Yeah. So <laughs> along the outer walls of the courtyard were various statues of gods and goddesses. So you can think about like Greek mythology and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um... And they had stone stone warriors that were mounted and stationed at each corner of the courtyard to protect him. Yep, guarding. So at the centre of the platform was the mausoleum itself. And because the building itself was constructed out of bricks, it was covered with specifically white Proconesian marble because that gave it its splendor look because it was yep. a lot more sparkly most splendid most splendid indeed very splendid uh, so the first third of the mausoleum was square and very tapered block and then we had the sculptures embedded within the walls and in the areas that reference greek things such as uh, the battle between the lapiths and the centaurs the battle between the greeks and the amazons and the next third of the monument consisted, of, as we said, of the 36 iconic columns. And then between each column, they were like, you know what we need? You know we have statues down the bottom. We need more statues for the middle. So between each column, they were like, let's put let's just shove another statue in there because we can, right? Yeah. And rem- just each one was carved out of a solid block, right? So you can imagine how many months that would have taken. Months and months. Yeah, and then you also have to reinforce the columns because they're supporting the roof. Yeah. And then the roof itself, which is the final third of the building, we spoke about how it's 24 levels and topped um, with a sculpture of Morsalus and his wife, Artemis, and they're riding a four-horse chariot. So this whole tomb... Um, the structure was girded in a closed court by of um, approximately 242.5 metres by 105. So we're talking something, not only is it tall, but it's wide as well. Like, it's pretty huge. Yeah. In the centre of the courtyard, there was a stone platform, and that was where his tomb was placed. 
there were uh, stairs flanking again stone lines um, between the platforms numerous statues of gods and goddesses on the outer walls stone warriors this time mounted on horseback yep, to so guard the tomb from lines to horses. yep and then in the center of the platform was the rectangular marble tomb and it rose like a tapered block in the form of a truncated pyramid and apparently was slightly bent to make it look more cuboid as opposed to a pyramid. Yep. Uh, the base of the tomb was almost square. It was 38.4 metres by 32.5. And this section was decorated with bas-relief frieze at the base and the top. So that it's almost like skirting board. Yep. That's what frieze almost is, I guess you could say. And so the, the scenes And I of, think from memory sorry. it sits below an architrave. Yes. Yep. Yes. So the scenes here on the frieze and the bas-relief uh, depicted battles of centaurs with lapiths and, um, again, the Greeks in combat with the Amazons. So, you know, they really have this thing against the Amazons. So at the top of the section of the tomb were the 36 columns, 10 on each side, uh, with each corner dividing a column between two sides. Uh, these columns increase the height of the monument by, they estimate, a good third. Each column is estimated to be 12, was estimated to be 12 metres high, and they were 3 metres apart, column to column. How do you think they measured that in those days, though? Mm-hmm. String, maybe? <laughs> Lots yeah. of string? Yeah. I guess it kind of seems archaic compared to... The Egyptians who were like, I'm hold this pendulum and that's going to be the center. Yes. You know what I mean? And I still can't get over that it equals pi. Yeah. It's like the pi. location, the coordinates, but that's a different story. The coordinates equal apple pi. So um, apparently, between those three meter, in those three meter gaps between column to column, were more statues. All <laughs> the statues. So behind the columns, was um, a solid cell-like block that was there to bear the weight of the massive roof of the tomb. Um, and this roof was the same height as the columns. It was pyramidal, again, as we said, um, and the highest top point was the pedestal. Um, and it had what was called a quadriga. Um, so it was kind of like flattened if that makes sense like more square the top yep. part because that's what held the all the other kind of chariot things because they had four massive horses um and apparently just that statue of their four horses their chariot and the couple was six meters tall Ooh. so that's a lot that is a lot so if you add everything together the 13 meter tomb the 12 meter columns the 12 meter roof and the six meter quadriga, quadriga, the total height is approximately 43 meters. Jeez. Right? And it's on a massive hill. Yeah. Like the tallest hill, highest hill in the area. So it's pretty dank, isn't it? Very, very, very much so. Yeah. And you know, you look at just the the architecture with marble and everything, it's it's a skill and a half. Yeah. And you imagine like, oh, you fucked up, toss that one. Yep. New block. New block. Oh, you worked on that sculpture for four months? No, no, no. Sorry. Yeah. And, you know, just seeing how a lot of the art architecture has just degraded over, you know, the mm. centuries. You sort of go, that's sad. No, I did. I did 10%. Anything? Yeah. 
because I, I remember seeing one about you know well you know the David statue during World War Two. they covered it in bricks to you know protect it from bombing raids and stuff is it still standing today? yeah no. still standing you mean David by Michelangelo? yes yeah. They, yeah they built like a a dome over the top of it to protect it it's like because there's some you know artwork that is just irreplaceable well, that's it's, it, isn't it? Yeah, that's it from that time. You don't have the people. And the, I wonder what things we take for granted today that in a thousand years' time people are going to say, whoa, yeah. about like, what's going to be an ancient wonder to them yeah. that we have today? Um, I don't know. It's definitely going to be football. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the funeral chamber was in the centre of the mausoleum, which makes sense because it's his new house in the afterlife, right? So he rested there and eventually his wife joined him, as we said. Yeah. Apparently to access the funerary chamber, uh, there was a staircase on the west side. West side. Um, apparently the foundations of the mausoleum were very deep um, and they ran a very long length and apparently they actually dug into the rock of the hill um, and they excavated 2.4 to 2.7 or 8 to 9 feet deep yep. across the whole rectangle of the area, right? So they really dug this thing in and the rectangle area that they ended up digging at, so not only did they go deep, but they went wide, right? Yep. And they excavated uh, 33 by 39 metres or 107 by 127 feet. So, according to Pliny, he also noted that the mausoleum was 19 cubits to the north and south, uh, was slightly shorter on the other fronts, and was 125 metres long and 11.4 metres high, or 25 cubits. Um, so, apparently there was this other component called the pteron, and this pteron also encompassed the 36 columns above. So, it's got something to do with ancient architecture. Uh, everything needs to have columns. Yeah. Just columns. Just columns, because what else do you do? Uh, so, just... I, and I also don't understand how he got these dimensions. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's, um... How did the building not survive, but his dimensions did? Yeah. How does that work? Did they just... You see photos of it now. It's, there's stuff like strewn all over the place. I don't know. Weird. I really don't know. But, you know, to see... Like... Uh, uh, I don't know. It's... I don't know. It's... It definitely makes you scratch your brain. Yeah. really does. Because that's a, it, was a, it was a big mausoleum. Yeah, apparently um, he can, even though he was like granted by the Persian Empire to do what he wanted to do, apparently he was very Greek at heart. Um, so because he was so involved in Greek culture, that's why that they did the majority of the build. Yeah. Um, for lack of a better term, that's why there are there was so much there was so much reference to all the group like the gods and goddesses and mythology and all that kind of thing um so 
look, there are so many pictures of the surviving freeze yeah. that you can look at online and just imagine and this is all life size if yeah. not larger than life size if you decide to look at these freeze images yeah um that apparently are on show like i said at the british museum like imagine just the scale of how long it took there are houses that are built in today's time and people are like nah knock it down it's yeah. not going to survive. And here's a piece of stone that's been here since Earth was probably created. Yeah. And someone's carved into it and it's still here today. Yeah. And there's one that's quite yellowed. I mean, look at the detail on the shields. Yeah. Are they Spartan shields? Um, she's a Amazonian. Yeah. She's an Amazon or whatever. Jeez. So, you know, as you do... But, yeah, just... amazing. Yeah. Uh, so apparently the their horses, apparently their heads were held up high, um, and they were positioned in such a way that they wanted to show great energy, and they defined that as like the prominent muscles of the horse being flexed. Um, they had an open mouth as if they were neighing or whatever. Their veins were very prominent and they had very massive bulbous eyes. Um, their teeth were perfectly carved. Their tongue was visible under the... What's that bitch called? In the... The girdle. Not girdle. Bridle? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like the tongue was visible under the bridle. Um, apparently the manes ran along the neck and sides of the horses and it was just, apparently it was just like the level of detail of the harness and the crests um and the chariot itself and apparently they put a bronze flange that was embedded into the marble with studs Jeez. to give it that kind of look um and so i just it's insane very very insane so apparently, sorry. No, I was just going to say, because obviously they probably would have had other materials on there potentially as well to even give it that extra... Yeah, like a pot. Like, like they could have been pyramid. gilded or something. Like they had at the pyramid where they put a yeah. gold pyramid on top of the pyramid and we don't know where that is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's... So apparently um, the discoverer of a mausoleum, well, the remains of ruins, I guess you could say, was this guy called Charles Newton. Um, and he says that there was just this feeling of sensation uh, when they discovered one of the pieces of the horses yep. from the chariot. Um, and he wrote in his um, C.T. Newton, Voyages and Discover Discoveries in the Levant, uh, published in London, 19, sorry, 1865, Volume 2, after being duly taken out. He was placed on a sledge and dragged towards the sea by 80, 80 Turkish workers. That's just one horse. Imagine how many workers were needed to drag the heavy blocks of marble. And how did they get hoist them up there? That's a different story. So just one horse that they found in the ruins needed 80 Turkish workers. Yeah. On the walls and the roofs of the houses, we were sitting there, the veiled ladies of Bodom 
they'd never seen anything so great before, and the beauty of the statue surpassed the reserve imposed by Turkish etiquette. The ladies of Troy, watching the wooden horse enter the breach, would not have been more astonished. So, um, what they think is they would have stashed stuff in the chariot for the couple to take with them into the afterlife. Um, so, I guess there wasn't really anything verified there, but I thought it was important to kind of talk about. Apparently the king was shown accompanied by Nike, the goddess of victory, rising to heaven. Um, alternatively, it could have also been Apollo or Helios, um, because apparently they're also associated with the mausoleum. Yeah. So the whole mausoleum itself was surrounded by a protective enclosure and it was open to the east by a room serving as a vestibule um, and a purgatory and pretty much um, the city was separated by that and there was a garden there and there was you know, other symbolic stuff within the garden um, so you kind of went for it was very spiritual yeah. in nature almost like a church but more like a I guess they didn't have cemeteries that... Well, it would have had cemeteries, but it wasn't like a monument. Yeah. You know, there weren't that many for the time. So, um, I guess I want to jump back in time to kind of the destruction. Because, um... So, apparently, it standed through some wars. Yeah. So, um... Alexander the, came, the Great came through several decades after, um... He brought the Hectominid dynasty to an end. Um, because the Muslim was around for over a thousand years. Yeah. Um, during the 13th century, there were... Like, so it wasn't just one earthquake that knocked it down. It's believed that there were several earthquakes that first... Um, like, would destroy one column and that would take out another column. And they would level out. And then, you know, maybe 50 years later, there would have been another earthquake that would have taken another side. Yep. You know, taking another 12 columns down or something like that. So, apparently, um, it took a lot of earthquakes for the actual roof and the chariot and the horses to fall. And so, apparently, by the early 15th century, only the base of the structure was recognisable. And then, in 1522, uh, following the rumours of a Turkish invasion, the Knights of St. John used stones from the mausoleum to fortify the walls of their castle in Bodrum. Um, and they used what remaining parts of the sculptures that they could find to and ground them lime ground into grinded the marble into lime to make plaster. And some of the best sculpt sculptors sculptures that were left were put and mounted into Bodrum Castle. Yeah. And then um, they were later acquired by the British ambassador for the British Museum. So, because they were seized, for lack of a better word, uh, by the British Museum, you can apparently now today see the freestanding statues, uh, some marble relief slabs from the mausoleum, as well as fragments of the huge marble, the four-horse chariot that crowned the roof in room 21 of the British Museum specifically. 
Whilst the location of the mausoleum was subsequently lost and was only rediscovered during the 19th century by Charles Newton, um, he apparently was working for the British Museum. Uh, he managed to locate some walls, a staircase, and three of the corners of the foundation. He also discovered sections of reliefs that decorated the wall of the building, um, portions of the stepped roof, a broken chariot wheel from the sculpture, um, like the chariot, obviously, and two statues believed to have been in that chariot, where I told you that, oh, maybe they shove stuff uh, in the chariot for them to take to the afterlife. Um, and then all of these objects uh, were taken back to London. Apparently they're still on display, but the um, Turkish authorities are seeking to have them repatriated, which is fair enough, 100% understandable. Um, and so these are the last rem remnants of the mausoleum today. In 2017, it was announced that the mausoleum of Harlekarnassus would be revived by the Danish Harlekarnassus project. Um, no dates were provided for the restoration. Um, so basically what that means is if they do rebuild it, there's two versions, again, similar to the Temple of Artemis, but yeah. this time it's thousands of years apart. Yeah, which is going to be crazy. Um, so it'll be a new modern wonder, yeah. I guess. Um, meanwhile, the Culture and Tourism Ministry of Turkey uh, wants to create an open-air museum at what is believed to be the site. Um, so, yeah, apparently they also found that this Knights of St. John of Malta um, kind of raided. Yeah. When they raided through, they took some stuff with them. Um, and might have shoved them um, in like other buildings in the town and whatnot. It's believed that they might have taken some lions, as you do. Because what do you? Of course, everyone wants a lion, don't they? Yeah. So the site today um, is just an earth pit because we said they dug into the earth. A few stones, um, some column drums. So basically, like we said in the last one when we talked about Zeus. Yes, you have a column, but that's made up of wheels. And because those wheels are so large, they're more drum-like yep. than wheel-like. So, like barrels. So, those drums are kind of scattered around. Um, so, you're kind of left to, in your head, imagine what it looked like, I guess. So, um, today they say it's the second greatest tomb in the world after the... Great Pyramids of Giza. Yeah. And what I found out is, you know how we use the word mausoleum in modern day? Um, you know how the monument was named after him because he was mausoleos? Yeah. Uh, now, in modern day dictionary, it's come to be used uh, generically for an above ground tomb. Ooh. So that's where the word mausoleum was derived. Which is very cool. And, um,. Yeah, that's it. Excellent. Uh, I feel like as we go on, I feel like after Artemis... The, the big ones. Yeah, pretty much. And not to say that they're any less important by the first ones that we covered, but there's like less and less information. So I apologise that it's a lot shorter. Um, yeah. It's like I skimped on research. Yeah. But and if you feel like researching a lot of the stuff... The Seven Ancient Wonders. A lot of the Assassin's Creed games have them. So And uh, the Civilization games, I come to understand, too. Yeah. So, that's what I probably should do tomorrow, if I get a chance. Maybe play an hour of Assassin's Creed. 
because, um, you know, at the end of the day, Assassin's Creed is always one of those games where I think being able to actually look at architecture and explore it without actually oh, being it's there, level. it's a different level. Like, this is the society we are in today, yeah. which is, you know, incredible. So Next up, virtual reality. Absolutely. Ready player one, here we come. I can VR mow the lawn. <laughs> I don't have time. It's raining. <laughs> I'm out of fuel. The screen's broken. Yeah, can't do it. Um, so yeah, that's all I have for you this week. No, that's, that's a good one. Thank you, thank you. I just wish a lot of these had been saved, but you realise that a lot of these structures were either destroyed during wars or coup de grace or that sort of stuff. So, you know, they essentially just get bombed out of existence and then it's like, oh, you know, we're going to dig it all back up again. still there. Yeah, for now. But yeah, like... I still stand by the fact that I think they should have the um, projections yeah. of what the building looked like. Yeah. Like a laser show. Yeah, and have it sit over the... Yeah. As opposed to rebuilding it, per se. Because it's like Stonehenge. And when I found out that they rebuilt Stonehenge... Yeah. You kind of go... No. It lost... Yeah, what it was. ...itself. Just let, let it be... If it's a pile of ruins... Let it be a pile of ruins. Yeah, don't touch it. Just no. leave it. But although we will eventually talk about Stonehenge, I think it's quite a magical yeah. place. That and Hadrian's Wall. Yes. So, but that's not really a wonder. That's more just no, a military we're not installation. About it. Yeah. It tells you wonders. So just yeah. yeah, we'll get there. We so, but uh, if anyone wants to see a really cool mausoleum, go watch Hellboy. <laughs> that was a cool mausoleum. Oh, Indiana Jones. He's talking about the Ark. Yeah, what Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Crips. Everyone loves a crisp. Crypt. I mean, crisp. 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 Everyone. Raiders of the Lost Crisp. I found it. It's salt and vinegar. Yeah. So, but that was cool. I guess if you have a, if you're putting a mausoleum, you're at least that bit more guaranteed to not be built over. Yeah. <laughs> Queen Vic Market. The ones that I find really interesting are the Viking mausoleums. They get buried with ships. No, they get buried at sea. No. Vikings got buried at sea. They got buried at sea, but also they have royal tombs, like royal mausoleums. Are you sure? Yeah, massive hills. I thought the whole thing was that you that you put them on the boat and then their stuff and then... You get your best bowman to light a flaming arrow, you release it, and you have to get the arrow to hit, and it's a mark of how good your marks... It's a show of how good your um, marksman is because you're so saddened by the loss um, of the leader or the king or whatever, the clan leader, that you have you have a certain amount of... You have a small amount of time to actually set the boat on fire because otherwise he will go or she will go, and you will, you will, if you don't set it on fire before it gets out of arrow range, um, it's all over. I don't know, because um, yeah, they've they've found these mounds in Norway and I Sweden. I believe you. I'm just saying where they have what done at sea. Yeah, well, they have the Viking ship burials, and you know they fill them with all sorts of things, and they've had ones where they found you know Viking longboats, and it's just crazy like there was one where they found in norway where it's a thousand years old wow thank you for telling me that because i thought it was all at sea yeah no they um 
you know, just they come across them, and uh, yeah, they just come across them, and they're just mounds, like these giant mounds, and um, you know, some of them are like, you know, five to fifty meters in length. You know, for ancient cultures, the Vikings really knew what was up. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, and they had sanitation down. Yeah. They had healthcare down. Yeah. Not that it was the best for the time in terms of like compared to today, but you know, they knew what they knew what was up. Yeah. And they allowed women to have equal rights as Jake Sparta. Yep. So, um Alright, we should probably sign off. Yes. I don't know about you, but I'm tired. And I'd like to go to bed while I'm tired. Yes. <laughs> I feel like doing pee-pees for like half an hour, no, then crashing. We've got, to, we've got to finish this first. Yeah. So. <gasps> Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Apologies. It yes. was and, um, slightly shorter. Uh, next week one is going to be Jumbo. Jumbo. Not Dumbo. Dumbo was an elephant. So. Yeah. Thank you so much for watching. Listening. Thank you for listening, watching, listening. And if you like mausoleums. Um, Please be sure to rate and... Um, yeah. share and subscribe yeah feel free to watch them and listen um, to them don't grab a shovel that's um desecration and uh as always our links are in the description we also have a topic request form uh, i've updated it a little bit so that way if you actually want to be credited for the topic which rightly so you've given us the idea um either give us your name or whatever social media platform you use your handle yeah um and also your pronouns yes. too please because i feel, would feel terrible if I um, misrepresented. Yeah, I personally yeah. like synonyms. But also, do you know what pronouns are? Pronouns. For example, you're he, him. Yes. I'm she, her. Yes. Some people like they, them. They, them. Yeah. Um, it's all individual and it's important. Pronoun, normalize pronouns, people. Twenty twenty, we're here to normalize pronouns. Yep. And you know where the best links are? In the Zelda games. I've never played a Zelda game in my life. Woohoo! So, yeah, there we go. Mausoleums and links. Yes. So, thank you for watching another episode of Controllers and Couches. And we'll see you this time next week, guys. I'm going to roost for the evening because that's what chickens do <laughs> after I preen my feathers. <laughs> okay, shower. Okay, shower, yes. <laughs> Not rolling the dirt. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic week. I hope you enjoyed your weekend. Yes. And uh, hear from you in the next one. Until next time. Watch those architraves. Watch the architraves. Watch the markies. Watch the markies. Okay. I'm Full Metal Chicken. I'm Steph Afar. And we are signing off. You didn't say may the force be with you. Oh, yes. Maybe. May the force be equal to MC squared. No, yes, but say may the force be with you. Okay, and maybe I say it and also with you. May the force be Listen, with me. Listen, I went you. to a Christian high school, not by my own choice. I don't know if my parents knew that it was a religious school before they signed us up, signed me up. Did it have architraves? Michael. I went to the first day orientation and we had to pray and I did something I'd never been done before. I'd never done before, right? Um, and so the other person that transferred from my school with me at the same time, she and I were looking at each other and we were very uncomfortable. Uh, I would like to, I still to this day ask my mum if she knew how fake religious the school was. And they indoctrinated us so much that whenever I hear someone say, may the X be with you, 
it's always the force. Um, I have to say, and also with you, because I feel like that's the only response you can give. Well, you can't really do the, the you know, the, the Vulcan hand, you know, gesture over radio. It doesn't work. No. But you can we can see. five. Yeah. There you go. Which I found classical because this is a topic potentially down the track going all the way through all the different greetings and how they relate to actual sci-fi series Got because, it. you know, right. Make it happen. Yeah, do done. some research, bud. I will. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you very much. See you next week. See you next week.